0: So, you know, last week, I started a series, two-week-long series, it ends today, on unity, or actually on hope, unity on the brain, on hope. And again, what better topic to think about in this time than hope? We could all use a little bit more hope in our lives. But today, I want to focus in on hope, just a little bit. I want to focus in on the hope that we can have as believers in God, as children of God, because you know what? We are not that dissimilar to non-Christians when it comes to hopelessness. We're not immune to hopelessness. We're not immune to the threat of suicide in our lives. We, too, can take that extreme step of suicide, Over the past several years, there have been several well-known pastors who've taken their lives. People seem to think that as Christians, we should have it all together, that that stuff shouldn't impact us. But we're not immune to hopelessness. But this morning, I want you to know that our fathers, knows that we are going to experience hopelessness. And it's during those times that we can patiently turn to Him. And we can receive what we need to keep on going, to take that next step that needs to be taken. And that we are never alone, no matter how much the darkness seems to increase, around us. So I want to start with taking a a deeper look a closer look at what Paul records in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 he says we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure So that we despaired of life itself. We felt we had received the sentence of death. When I read these couple verses, I see someone who's almost given up. I see someone who's on the brink of giving up on life. He said they despaired of life itself beyond their ability to endure, and they had received the sentence of death. But it continues, it says, But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. See, Paul writes that they were burdened beyond their strength, insomuch that they despaired life. Can can you feel how hopeless they were feeling? They had nothing left. They felt trapped by the crushing ordeals that were in their ministry. And Paul, if if you read those words, you can see that he didn't know if he was going to survive. Many people believe that because someone's a Christian, that life is all good and full of blessings. But in actuality, life is harder as a Christian. Because when you profess that belief, that relationship with Christ, Satan's going to come at you a hundred times harder than if you weren't. The expectation that life, that we encounter times of hopelessness, that we're supposed to be strong. And we're not supposed to have feelings, those type of feelings, because we're people of faith. That we're not, not supposed to have feelings of Doubt. Not supposed to question if our lives actually mean anything. They they think as a Christian we're supposed to know that life is good and God will always be there. But if Paul, the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament, if Paul lets us know that that experience was almost too much for him, That we, too, can fall into feelings of hopelessness. If Paul admits that what he was dealing with was so heavy that he was unsure if he'd be able to bear it. His words teach us that we should do what we should do when we feel like we simply can't make it. Any further, and notice this this phrase, in our own strength it tells us that what we're to do when we're facing challenges that in our own minds may seem too difficult to overcome because paul says he simply says that we must surrender to the resurrection power of god and i love how he uses that imagery of resurrection now paul didn't actually die here he talks about that they had received what seemed like a sentence of death legal term the idea of after a conviction that the jury convicts you of, of a capital crime and you get that death sentence there's no return from that so Paul says that's what they felt like But then he talks about this resurrection power of a God, because even though they felt like they were dead, God can resurrect them. When we're at a dead end with nowhere to go, the odds are stacked against us, the cards are stacked against us. Why didn't Paul give up? Why didn't he give up? He said that their situation and the problems looked so insurmountable that as far as they were concerned, it seemed like there's only one possible outcome, death. But Paul chose a different course of action versus giving in and giving up. In spite of everything that had happened to discourage him, they didn't die. They didn't fail. And what it might have looked like The end of the road for Paul. It was really just the beginning of a new supernatural flow of divine power into his life. This is why he goes on to say that through it all he learned not to trust in himself, but in the God who raises the dead. God's resurrection power was released inside of him and he was rescued. Paul said it was so dramatic that it was almost as if he and his companions had been raised from the dead. When we do not know what else to do but to turn to God, that's usually when his resurrection power can begin to operate in us in the greatest way imaginable. And we, we must believe that with God there is no such thing as a hopeless situation. No matter how hopeless our world may seem to be with God, there's always hope. And as I was Thinking about Paul and his companion, companions, my mind went back to the Old Testament for a little bit about a godly king named Jehoshaphat. See, he had received word that several of the nations around had joined forces to come and attack Israel. And Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he turned his attention to seek the Lord. And I want you to hear a part. Of his prayer. He says, Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. Here you have the King of Israel proclaiming before all of the people that he doesn't stand a chance. He's weighed the balances. He's weighed, he's looked at the army. He's looked at his own army, and he knows they don't have a chance. But what I find even more amazing, he actually says that he doesn't know what to do. Can you imagine the president or a CEO of a company to stand up in front of the people or the shareholders and say, Look, y'all, I got no clue what's going on. I don't know what to do here. Not very CEO or presidential, is it? The most important thing he says is we are looking to you for help. In the midst of a hopeless situation, he says, God, I'm looking to you to make a way where there seems To be no way. And isn't isn't that similar to what Paul and his companions said? He said that they trusted in God who raises the dead and then made a declaration, and he will deliver us. See, we, we must come to the point of believing that with God there's no such thing as a hopeless situation. See, when we fully trust God, when we fully commit to following God, then that belief does three things for us. And also for those who are watching us. Because there's those who watch how things impact us, how we react, So three things that it does to us and those watching us. One, it gives us hope. Two, it gives us endurance. And number three, it gives us patience. So we exercise endurance. We will not succumb to the feelings of total hopelessness. Because we know that with God There are no hopeless situations And that all things truly are possible In the New Testament There are three Greek words That are most frequently translated As either long-suffering, endurance, or patience And I am not a Greek scholar But I do know how to use a Strong's Concordance Three words are And I probably will butcher the names Makrothumia hupomone and hupomino both macrothumia and hupomone generally mean kind of the same thing patience and or endurance but each of them have a little bit characteristic that sets it apart macrothumia long suffering is patience with respect to people we all have those people right that we need a little extra dose of macrothumia to be able to deal with. You probably have that person in your head right now. and Maybe you should pray for that person right now. And also pray for yourself. Because often, you might be the person that needs the patience the most. So, macrothumia is patience with respect to people. Hupomone is patience with respect to things and situations. Things that are going on in the world. Now, the third word, hupomino, is an action word that means to tarry behind, to still abide, or to wait for something. I want to look at hupomino and hupomone because these two words are kind of expressions of how we deal with circumstances. Paul's example, it was his circumstances that were so heavy that they were on the verge of losing all hope. The word hupomino is a compound word of two different words, hupo and mino. Hupo means under or by, and the word mino says to stay or to abide. So when you put those two words together, it actually forms the word hupomino, which is one of the strongest words in the New Testament. It depicts a person, who knows that she's right. She's in the right place, in the right time, and regardless of the pressure, regardless of the assaults, regardless of the restraints that the world throws, will stand firm. She's decided not to bend, not to bow, not to break under the pressure. She simply decided that she will stand firm in the spot she's at, and nothing will move her from it. See, this decision comes from an understanding and a belief that with God all things are possible, and there's no hopeless situations with him. No matter how dark a situation may get, you know that you know that you know God is not wavering in his support for you. See, when we have hupomino working in our lives, it's not a question of if we will win. The question is, how much time will it take until we win? So in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We just have to stand firm until the enemy gives in. An example of hoopamino can be seen in what was recorded in the first chapter of the book of James. James says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance, hupomino, has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. See, James says that we should count it as a joy when we encounter trials and Temptations, Because the testing of our faith produces endurance. And endurance is evident when a person refuses to bend, bow, or break, regardless of the pressure, regardless of the assault, regardless of the restraints that are forced upon him or her. Because they know that God is with them regardless of the circumstances he continues to hold his place to stand firm now the trials and the tests that james is talking about they're not just simple things like sickness disease or accidents the trials that he is talking about are those things that will tempt you to abandon your faith in the bible how do we know this? Well, we can see it in verse 5 of chapter 1 of James. It says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. And I love this part. He will not rebuke you for asking. Hupamino. I'm going to mess myself up with this. I knew it was going to happen at some point. Hupamone is also a compound of two Greek words. Hupo and mine. Mone. Which when you put them together, hupo again means under, to be under something that's heavy. Uh, Mone means to stay or to remain, to continually abide in one place. So this word means patience that grows only in the midst of trials, It's a type of patience that perfects the Christian character because it came through the midst of being tested. When we have this type of hope, knowing that our current circumstances are just temporary, we can hold out for the change to come. And we display both patience and endurance. Hubamone is a state of mind that declares that this is what the Word of God says. This is what the Word of God promises. And I'm standing firm on it, and I will not move. To the, it's important for Christians when we, when we experience hopelessness. We have to go to the Bible, to the Word of God, to encourage ourselves. We have to remember what God has already done for us in order to be able to see what he will do for us moving forward. This thought's captured in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 where it says, as we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord, Jesus Christ now before I close I want to talk a little bit about endurance endurance means that a person could have chosen not to go through what he or she is going through however that person makes a conscious decision not to walk away not to back down why why would they make a decision to go through something if they don't have to The answer for Paul is that he saw past what was directly in front of him and was able to see the hope of the unseen. He saw the benefits, he saw the rewards of not wilting under the pressure, of not giving an inch to the enemy. He prized what God could give him more more than the temporary reprieve He could have received from giving up. See, when we choose to endure, we weather the storm. And as a child of God, we will have what we need to weather that storm. It'll get hard. And I know we will have times when we want to give up and we want to give in. But God has not forgotten neither has he forsaken us. So I want to close today with some scriptures to try to give you some encouragement. Times that you can kind of put in your vault for times when you experience the type of situations that Paul was experiencing. I'm just going to read them. I'm not going to really give a whole lot of context on them, but their word, they're messages to encourage you. First one, Psalm Verse 34, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue each time. In Psalm 55, it says, Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Isaiah chapter 41 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my victorious right hand. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. Their plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Romans 8 says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today nor the worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us. From God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hebrews chapter 10 says So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Colossians chapter 1 says, we also pray that you will be strengthened. Not one too far. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. Then Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than what you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out. So that you can endure. Philippians chapter 4 says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Romans 15, 5 says, May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you to live in complete harmony with each other. We need that now more than ever, as is fitting for the followers of Christ Jesus. And I want to leave you with the last one, is one I talked about last week. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So 2021 has not gotten off to a very good start. Makes me almost miss 2020. But May the God of hope fill us with joy and peace. Because that's what we need. That's what will give us the hope in this world. Heavenly Father, God, I need you. We're about to sing, Lord, I need you. If there's ever been a time, God, when we do. It's now. The country is so divided, a church divided. We have to find that perfect unity that only you can give us, Lord. We need that hope again that only you can give us. It's so when we surrender ourselves and fully commit to you, Lord. That's. When that hope comes, I pray that everyone here and watching may pray that prayer for unity and hope. Lord, I need you.